Welcome everyone to Q&A number three, Return of the King. <laughs> we have our hosts here, Caroline Hallstrom and Dan Hudson. Hello. We're going to keep whipping through all these crazy Q&A questions. There's yeah. two episodes before this. If you were looking for some very Christmassy stuff, I've said it once. I'll say it again. Check out last year's Christmas holly time episode where we talk about all the Christmas plants that you know won't make it to January. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, poinsettias. We tried. They don't have to make it that long. (laughs) (laughs) We got ours to live to like August. Wow. Solid. That's legit. I mean, it was rough though. (laughs) Let's be honest. Well, let's have some questions. Ready? Ready, Randy? I am all ready to go. Uh, Question number one is from Lauren. She asks, what's the deal with fertilizer in the winter for indoor plants? Some of my plants keep shooting out leaves, but everything I read regarding those specific plants say they go dormant to cut down on water and not to fertilize. Good question, Lauren. What's going on? you asked. (laughs) What do you think, Dan? I would say ignore what you see and don't fertilize it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Maybe it's still putting out shoots because there's some residual nutrients in the soil. It -hmm. loves the conditions it's in. Yeah. Uh, I would hold off until it gets nicer, warmer. Yeah. Outside, more light during the day. And then hit that bad boy with some fertilizer and what you think was growth now. Ho-ho. Yeah. Bam, bam. It will go crazy. I think it's it's also a little bit tricky without knowing more about the plant and where it is and all that. Because there's certainly, there's, you know, sometimes a plant is just stretching. And That's people are like, true. oh, it's growing like crazy. It's just trying to get some light. Yeah. And so if you fertilize it then, like, you're not doing it any favors. When it's etiolated. Yeah. Which means it's like normally a cute short maybe it's a succulent and it's cute and short and has rosettes and then it starts stretching out and looks like a weird tall boy that's etiolated and that means the plant is trying really hard to find enough light to survive mm-hmm. so it thinks it's being covered by another plant yeah so it's like trying to grow you know above it so maybe check your light situation and hold off on the fertilizing um, when you do fertilize house plants because house plants are in a pot and they have this finite amount of resources and space, they also can't get away from things in excess. So if you over fertilize in a pot, you can cause some salt problems. Mm-hmm. So when you do fertilize in the spring, do a very dilute fertilizer yep. and you can do yep. that often. Yep, you can um, always add more, but you can't. It's hard to yeah. take out. And actually, sometimes with house plants, because you should all have some kind of drainage going on, mm-hmm. it is a good call to flush your potting soil, mm-hmm. where you will like stick it in a tub and overwater it to wash out yeah, any built-up salts and there. stuff in there. Yep. Yep. Uh, but don't worry about that right now in the wintertime. Um, if you have more questions, can you send us a picture and tell us what it is and how much light it gets? I think we might be able to be even more specific at that yeah. point. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But time out on fertilizer. Yeah, usually. And you know, usually the, the plants don't really need, especially house plants, as long as it's in like some kind of a potting soil. There's probably enough in there that it'll be fine until spring. Yeah, for you sure. Know? For sure. It's not just going to give up. Yeah. What's uh, the next question, Randy? Next question is, 
what do you think the next super popular plan is going to be? So far, I've noticed mostly FLFs, Monstera, and Roundpelia in the ZZ plant. <laughs> okay, FLF means fiddle leaf figs. Mm, cool. uh, Roundpelia is the Pelea pepperoni. Oh, Pepero piece of sh- <laughs> Dan's underwhelmed. I even tried to send him a picture of like a big juicy looking one and he just didn't respond nope. to me. He was just like, no. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, nah. no. <laughs> He's they not into it. just look spindly to me. Well, they look like cool water lilies to me. Hmm. Well, um, and then the, the ZZ plant is, it's hard. That's what we're going to call it because pronouncing the real name is hard for me. <sighs> it's. On the tip of my tongue. Za- is it Zamica Zamifolia? Um, I might have that wrong. I probably have it wrong. But it's want, something it's Do something you want to look like it up that. in the houseplant yeah. expert that I have right oh, here? Oh, yeah. It's on the table. I have it. Here's sounds of me grabbing my book. Yeah, that's right. Real-time referencing, everybody. Real, You're experiencing it. Real-time. And then while you're looking that up, I will answer this question. What is the next hot plant? Uh, I think we're seeing a lot more Hoyas. Um, those are kind of a, a chain plant that tumbles out of a hanging basket. So we see a bunch of Hoya stuff, and when they bloom, they are super cool. So definitely consider a Hoya. Also, there are some black ZZ plants that are popping up around the UK. We don't have access to those yet here in the States, though, so I'm very jealous. Um, but Rather than an individual plant being the next huge trend, uh, a lot of trends are showing kind of an indoor jungle trend, which is where you have a collection of houseplants doing multiple things. You have a big thing growing out of a big pot on the ground and next to like a hanging basket or a shelf with things spilling over the side. And you have several different kinds of plants in one place for your indoor jungle. Um, so the key to achieving a technique like this, a technique, a, a look like this is, is a better way to put it, is what are the plants that you grow really well and what looks, what does well with the light conditions? Is it Zanzibar gem? I couldn't find it. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it up on my phone. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Zanzibar gem. My phone is a faster book. <laughs> my phone. Using my phone. Um, so... Get some cool pots in a cool theme. So maybe you're doing all terracotta pots or maybe you're doing all white pots or and a couple of terracotta or mix it up. I saw a really cool picture the other day of somebody who had all like aqua colored pots. There was a bunch of white and like a couple metallics and then like two bright yellows for just really interesting mm. looks. And as long as your house plant looks really healthy, you're winning. Like just what plants are you really good at? Showcase the stuff you're really good at and have some pots that give you a theme for your indoor jungle. Another trend that's coming up is aquascaping, but that's oh, yeah. that's a bit more niche cuz it's a little bit more involved for some of us. Yeah. So I'm thinking about doing some of that. I ordered some soil for it, so we'll see. It's nice. like it's like little bits of lava rock almost oh, okay, as the substrate. Yeah. Okay. But uh, 
Are you going to have fish and stuff in there? I have fish in a tank, and now I'm just going to focus on the plants more than the fish, and the fish <laughs> will get fed. They'll just get to benefit from it. Yeah, that's the idea. We'll see. I'm trying to get a new tank. We'll see what I can get away with. Um, but yeah, I think the next trend is more or less going to be collections of big leafy yeah. things for your indoor jungle vibe. That'd be cool. It will be cool. I found the ZZ plant, by the way. What is it? If you'll recall from three minutes ago, yeah, I was looking. Uh, so it is called Zanzibar Gem. Yes. It is also called Zamioculcus Zamiafolia. <laughs> so I was, was kind of close. Zami, Zami, Not really, but it is also known as Zanzibar Gem. We're trying on these names. We're yeah. trying. Nobody knows. Who knows? Uh, Latin is, Not us. is a dead language, and we're giving it a try. <laughs> um, but yeah, check out the black or the dark purple ZZ plants. Yeah. They are otherworldly looking and a little bit spooky because they have yeah. those cool leaves. And ZZ plants are apparently really bulletproof as yeah, far as I've heard that too. being dark and dry. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's what I think. Uh, Randy, hit us with another question. One other question we have here is, what are some interesting low-light plants that aren't the standard snake plant, ZZ, or pothos? Yes, you got it. You said it right. What are Hmm. some other low-light plants? Do you have a couple? No. I have off the top of my head. I have a bunch. Don't worry. I got this. Okay. So, there are some cool people like Jane Perrone who always talks about the Victorian favorite, Aspidistra. Oh yeah, she was plugging that. Aspidistras uh, were well loved by the Victorians who didn't have a lot of indoor light and they lived in big, cold, drafty houses. Aspidistras do well in cool temps and low lights. So they come in, I think they come mostly in green, but you can potentially get some variegated varieties if you're really lucky. Um, Calatheas. There are many different varieties of calathea. Sometimes they're called prayer plant or rattlesnake plant. Oh, uh, yeah. depending. Yeah, depending on colors and varieties. Yeah. So calathea lanciflora is purple on the bottom and green with darker green spots across the top. I think that's your rattlesnake plant. Hmm. Um, calathea orbiflora has very large tropical-looking leaves that rival the looks of even the popular Monstera deliciosa. <laughs> so if you're going for lush indoor greenness, check out a calathea orbiflora. I didn't pronounce that right. That's okay. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> Additionally, you can try a twist on an old standard. So hmm. there's a couple varieties of Sanserveria that yeah. come in a different color, shape, size, or leaf structure. You're probably aware of the flat ones with the yellow margins, uh, but there are tube-shaped leaves, Sanserveria cylindrica, and they look like I don't know, like something out of the ocean or something from another planet. They don't look real. They're kind of cool. Um, also, the Sanserveria trafiscatia, golden hanai, uh, which is a beautiful basil rosette with thick, wide leaves and a, a lot of butter yellow color stripes through it. 
Um, you can also check out some variations on Pothos. I know Pothos are a little ho hum, but if you've I think ever, cool. I think I think they are cool in the right spot. Plus, mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to have a few different varieties. Yeah, a few house plants that are old standards hmm. to fill in for your jungle look. Yeah. And then you have the couple of showstoppers. Yeah. I mean, you can't make the entire room showstoppers because some plants will inevitably become background anyway, right? Yeah. Uh, but a couple different looking pothos that I like are Marble Queen, which is covered in white spots. So it looks like the leaf is probably almost 50% covered in white spots. That's pretty cool. The more light it gets, I think the more white... the variegation. Yeah. Yeah, that one's really neat. And then there's neon, which is like Mm -hmm. an acid green color. And that one kind of likes kind of medium light to keep it that really bright poppin' green color. But it's a great way to brighten up a darker palette by adding that freaking lime green. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So... Those are all relatively low light plants that are going to add some colors. You got your purples on your calatheas. You got your like weird finger like sansevierias. Mm-hmm. You've got a couple of crazy colored pothos. <laughs> I feel like those are some good options. I think so. Yeah. What's our next question, Randy? Caitlin asks. Are there colorful plants, i.e. not just green, that are, one, safer cats, and two, grow well inside with a semi-forgetful gardener? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, first of all, I would say, yes, there are. Uh, Forgive yourself for forgetting plants sometimes. It Mm -hmm. happens. Not a big deal. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. And lucky for you, in the wintertime, they want to be watered a little less anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So the ASPCA has a great resource for looking up which plants are toxic to cats, dogs, even horses. So Mm -hmm. you can Google Sanservaria, toxic to cats. And it's going to say, yes, Sanservaria is toxic to cats. However, being a cat owner myself of two (laughs) ding-dongs... Uh, my cats don't chew on the super thick leathery leaves of a sanservaria. Yeah, they're looking for like a like a finer foliage. A spider plant. They're going to eat the crap yeah. out of my spider plants. They're yeah. going to chew on anything if I'm not feeding them and they want to be fed. Palm trees, uh, chewing on those all the time. And then they'll go and they'll puke somewhere. <laughs> a lot of house plants are toxic in the way that they will cause... Uh, skin irritation inside of their mouth and it will make them like drool or puke or cause some dandruff and stuff like that. Um, Some things are more harmful like lilies. Easter lilies have this nasty pollen that can cause liver failure in small amounts. So... Jesus! Yeah, so look up your... Like, know your animal. That's no joke because Easter lilies, if you've never had one... Like when you're just setting them on the table, they just there's like a little cloud of pollen will fly off. Yeah, my mom would always cut the little pollen. Yeah, the anthers. Yeah, he, she'd neuter them outside and then bring them in. <laughs> neuter the flowers. <laughs> but honestly, other parts of the flower are toxic, and if your cat is a chewer, maybe skip the really bad ones. Yeah. And you know, edit it down to stuff that's not toxic. Huh. So to answer your question specifically, I looked up two different low light colorful plants low light as in they'll grow well inside is what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. caitlin um 
So calatheas, which I just spoke about, are non-toxic to cats and come with some cool purple undersides or red stripes on top. So check out calatheas. I also looked up bromeliads. Hmm. Uh, They're ASPCA approved, and those are tropical plants with a neon bloom stalk in the middle, and they have a nice rosette of thick, wide, strong leaves as well. Um, The pretty bloom center will die after it's done blooming, but if your plant has been getting enough light, it might make some pups for you. Oh, cool. Other than that, when it looks like trash, throw it out. Chuck it. Um, That particular plant is an epiphyte, so they need very good drainage and orchid soil. and Like like bark? Yeah, barky stuff. Because they don't get all of their nutrients from like being in dirt. dirt. They grow in like crooks of trees and stuff like that. So bromeliads have like neon colored stuff going on all over the place. Calatheas have pinks and whites and purples and reds. So, hey, that's lots of colors. And they're both cat friendly. Uh, As far as being a semi-forgetful gardener, if you have a humidifier running... That will help a little bit. And then maybe if there's a day of the week that is convenient for you to remember to do your thing, like you're going to turn on a podcast on Mm -hmm. a Saturday around noon and drink your coffee and go water your plants a little bit, pay a little attention to them to see if anything needs more treatment. Yeah. Give yourself like 20 minutes or something like that on the weekend. I find that's about all I have to do. Yeah. I have mostly relatively successful plants. I mean, there's a few that I'm just like denying aren't going to make it. (laughs) There's some I've already given up on and and gotten rid of. But I do think, you know, that's your Sunday morning or something like that. That's what I like to do. I don't even I'm pretty forgetful myself. And I've I've tried to schedule that where it's like every Monday I'm going to after my coffee, I'm going to check the plant. (laughs) But it never works that way. So how do my, you remember then? So what I do is I just uh, re, I will just sort of like whenever I'm passing by a plant in the house, I'll just poke my finger into the soil. <laughs> doop, doop. <laughs> yep, and just kind of check whenever I'm around them. I just kind of make a habit of like, huh, I wonder how this guy is doing, and poke my finger in the soil. Yeah. And sometimes when it's dry, I go, oh. <laughs> This super water. <laughs> yeah. Some plants give you a good tell, like you were talking about your peace lily being yeah. very dramatic to Ophelia, tell you. The, yeah. The drama queen. <laughs> I like that its name is Ophelia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you feeling me, bro? <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you could consider some vacation watering bits. Uh, it's like a tube that you use uh, just regular mm. tap water in a jug or a two liter, or I use a growler. And it carries water just from your water vessel into the soil as it's evaporated and used up by the plant. And mm-hmm. that's what people that have a cabillion houseplants use so they don't have to pay attention to yeah. everything every time. So something that needs to stay a little bit more moist will do well with that. Something that wants to dry out in between is not going to like that. Right. But, hey, definitely a life hack you can use to try and just have plants around and not have to... Pay attention to them on a schedule every week. Yeah. I mean, I forget here and there. It's like... Yeah, and most plants will will forgive you a couple of days. Yeah. I mean, you, know. you, you have a cat, you clean its litter box, <laughs> right? I mean, maybe not... Why are the plants when you clean their litter box? <laughs> there you go. Maybe do the plants first. The litter box is a dirty job. 
Anyways, I'm not going to micromanage your life. Randy, give us another question. Rachel asks, both my fiddle leaf plants are super happy. The leaves are all pointing upwards. There are very few brown spots, etc. But for whatever reason, I can't get new buds to grow. I would definitely love to hear your insight. Also, I will be subscribing to your podcast. Suckered another one. (laughs) Rachel, you are rad. Thank you very much. (laughs) We are fans of yours as well. (laughs) We've had a lot of people talk about fiddle leaf figs, and Dan and I read this question and we talked about it a little bit. So, Dan, what what were your initial thoughts? My thoughts are if it's still alive and it has all its leaves, you're doing good. Yes. Uh, I think it, if, you know, don't sweat it too much if it isn't actively growing. Because uh, it's December. Are, yeah, it's December. Fiddly figs are very um, particular, finicky, yeah. Um, fragile. Yeah. And temperamental. Um, so if, if, it's, if it's alive and it's doing well and it's happy... <laughs> You're doing well, so yeah. congratulations. I had to do a bunch of research on fiddle leaf figs since we had so many people ask about them. Mm-hmm. And they, What'd you find? They Okay, I found they definitely need good drainage. You don't yeah. want to rot the roots out. Yep. And you need a humidifier. That's pretty much... You need a humidifier for a fiddle leaf fig because these are tropical plants that live in kind of that middle layer (laughs) like below the primary (laughs) canopy but above the floor where it's extra extra dark but it's it's wet okay so you either have to spray them all the friggin time which like a maiden hair fern i'm not going to be able to do or you need to have a decent humidifier running and i found a humidifier that holds like i don't know if it's three liters or four liters of water Mm -hmm. but it's rad. It goes like pretty much a whole day without needing to be refilled. Not bad. Then I just refill it in the tub and I go on with my life. <laughs> um, I've been toying with the idea of getting one of those. Um, you can buy them for like, uh, I don't know how much they are, but you can install them in your like air HVAC? duct. Yeah. Yeah. Where it just humidifies your house and it just hooks up to your tap. That sounds like a mold problem waiting to happen. I would have to do more okay. research and Thanks read reviews. Thanks for killing my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> read some reviews before you mold your house. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm sketched out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like definitely look at the humidity. Wait until spring to start feeding your fiddle leaf fig because any growth it's going to put on here in the winter is not going to be as strong and sustainable as mm. when you use the power of spring yeah. to grow some new buds and stuff like that. So, hey, you're doing very, very well. You should feel good about that. They also they also don't like to be moved. Isn't that right? Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's something to think about. I don't know if you've moved them recently or... Yeah, like they'll get mad and just like throw leaves. Yeah, they'll just kind of <laughs> like I quit and just drop. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can handle that because my house is too small. It's just too small. I don't yeah. know if I get the quite right amount because they want bright indirect. They don't want to be yeah, like roasted by your evening south facing window. Right. But they want to be in that room with your south facing window. So. 
They look super cool when they're, they're doing well. They it's, look really cool. It's because the scale, they're huge. Yeah. You know, but yeah. that's also why you pay $100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think I'm going to start a fiddly fig nursery. <laughs> Make a hundred dollars. You're only f- two years too late for that trend. But Dan, <laughs> follow your. <laughs> uh, send us some cool pictures and look for some buds and stuff in like March and ask and, and then please tell us if you ended up getting some buds at that point and then you can think about fertilizing at that point. I also read that fiddly figs if mm-hmm. you stick them outside in not direct sun but mm-hmm. in shade mm-hmm. for the summertime when it's hot as heck outside I, we live in minnesota so yeah. we're right by a river it's humid as outside here yeah. but if you give them a summer vacation like that they love it uh, they will love you so that might be another thing to think about if you have a shade patio in a humid area hmm. think about it i like it Let's do, what if we do one more question, Randy? We have exact time for one more question. Sweet. Andy asks, how bad is it to water office plants with leftover LaCroix, coffee, you know, et cetera, what you have left laying around on your desk? (laughs) I thought this was a really fun question, and I did think about it. And, okay, so my first initial reaction was, why are you so lazy? <laughs> but, <laughs> as Andy laughs over there. Because, <laughs> like, I finish all of my LaCroix. Like, who does it? <laughs> I don't. I'll come in in the morning and I've got, like, three cans from the previous few days and just be kind of littered around my desk. I only have leftover LaCroix if... I was drinking it late the night before, but it, if it's if it's like yeah. a work Lacroix, just I drank before that you switch to a beer. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but so I started to read about Lacroix specifically, and Lacroix has carbonated bubbles, but you're probably talking about the flat stuff. Uh, yeah. Lacroix doesn't have sugar in it or like right. artificial sweeteners. It right. just has like whatever natural flavors, which are like lemon Tangerine oil or whatever, and grapefruit. Well, we know all the flavors of LaCroix. <laughs> I'm talking about like the, the compounds that make those flavors. I don't know how many of them are good or bad for plants. And yeah. remember we were talking about fertilizing and how you can kind of get some salt buildup inside of yep. a pot if you... Yep. So if you only watered exclusively with LaCroix... Leftover LaCroix. I think it would take you months and months and months and months to see a problem. Yeah, I, I agree. don't think it's a big deal. I have to say, I do this routinely with the leftover bits of Lacroix. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just dump it into. Uh, I have a Vietnamese coriander plant that grows in front of the window, <laughs> it and it's only this takes big LaCroix. bushy thing. Yeah, and I just dump the Lacroix on that thing. Okay, what about tea or coffee? I would not do that. I do not tea. Maybe I don't like the idea of it. Coffee, I really wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. What? There might be you? certain plant just because there's there's like a lot of acidity, especially yeah. in coffee. I don't know what else is in there, especially if you dump it like right on the roots of the plant, and mm-hmm. especially if it's a smaller pot. 
Mm-hmm. Whatever is in that coffee, whatever is in that tea, can just like hang out in the soil for a long time, yeah, and not be f- friendly with the plant. It might be okay depending on the plant, but I just wouldn't trust it. You know, I think you run into this situation again where it would probably put up with a dose or two of yeah. coffee or tea per month, but if it was the only thing you were watering with for like two or three months it would probably start to show some stress signs. And maybe after a lot of coffee, you would change the pH of the soil. And sometimes plants Uh, are particular about their pH just because it's so acidic. For sure. Honestly, do you know what I think the biggest problem with that is? Is when you overwater it and it'll pee coffee out the bottom all over your freaking desk. Oh, gross. That sounds like the bigger risk. Or if it's in a sealed pot and it festers in the bottom. Yeah. The coffee just lingers. That sounds like it's going to rot and give you some stank yeah. ass. Rotting coffee. <laughs> the other thing to be sure is not to pour hot liquids on your plants. Because yeah. that can just like straight up kill the roots. Yep. Cook them. Yeah. Cook them dead. Because they're really fine. Like the, the drinking, feeding roots of the plant mm-hmm. are really, really tiny, really fine. Little. Just a couple of cells wide. It doesn't take mm-hmm. much to just zap them. Fry them. Yeah. It so, doesn't rain hot liquid. It's, <laughs> so it's probably nature. not a big deal. Although I've, I cannot remember where I was talking about this, but I feel like some, maybe uh, somebody was talking about pouring their tea into their, mm. co- into their house plant on their desk, oh. but they like put milk and sugar in their tea. Oh no! Don't do it. <laughs> what? No, no. <laughs> that is not. Uh, that's <laughs> not nice. Plants don't eat sugar the way we eat sugar. They kind of make their own, and you're gonna make a rotten, nasty mess. It's gonna be nasty. You're gonna get fungus or bugs. something gross, some bugs in your sticky, nasty soil. Yeah. Like, really so if gross. it's water-based, eh, it's not a huge deal, but your plant would prefer regular water. <laughs> <laughs> or at least tangerine-flavored LaCroix. Hey, Pamplemousse or GTFO. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for all your questions. And if you have any further questions, we will get to them uh, next time we do a Q&A a episode. We had two questions left over from uh, ladies via Facebook, Sarah and Shanna. But since we only had two and they were very outsidey questions, um, we're going to wait till we get a few more to fill up an entire episode or we'll try and tack them onto the end of a regular episode. They were both kind of complicated questions as well. Mm. One was about trying to remove wild grapevines, which are a pain. Um, and one was about how do you deal with giant nasty weeds all over a kid's playground. So those are going to take a little while to talk about. And I think I responded to the playground one with with some decent info, but I haven't gotten back to the grapevine question. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we're doing. Thank you so much for these the the content for these three Q, 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 these three question and answer episodes. After two hot toddies, my tongue is tied. (laughs) 
Uh, Dan, I need a ride home. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. And uh, thanks for listening to Verdant North. Thanks for two really good years. We've got some new plans for next year, hopefully some YouTubery and yeah. uh, some maybe some tool reviews or something like that. So if you have questions or you have suggestions on things you'd like to see this team of rowdy Minnesotans do in the plant world, you can Give write us to us. At VernantNorthTeam at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. We don't take telegrams. No, we don't. Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Not since the accident. (laughs) So that's it. Randy, talk us out. As Caroline said, thank you for listening as always, and find us online at BurdenNorth.net, and you can find us at, at BurdenNorth on Twitter, and like us on Facebook by searching Burden North, and email us all the flavors of LaCroix at BurdenNorthTeam <laughs> at gmail.com. That's your homework. We want the real LaCroix, though, yeah. so. <laughs> Schweppes, get out. <laughs> yeah, none of that other weird stuff. Mental. Uh, listen to Verdant North on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Woo! Please like, rate, comment, and share the podcast. We don't pay for advertising, and we don't have any network backing us. So sharing our show with your friends and family is the way we get heard. If you would like to contribute to Verdant North, you can donate to us at ko-fi.com backslash Verdant North. That's ko-fi.com backslash Verdant North. Contact Caroline with any questions through our at Verdant North on Twitter. You can also chat with Dan Hudson and also hook him up with your old uh, leftover little bottom parts of LaCroix at Verdant Dan on Twitter. (laughs) And you can also find me on Twitter at Marlin underscore Rando. Special thanks to Brietta Stedden Dewey Boo for graphics and design. Uh, extra big thanks to Corey Hartung for webmastering. Happy web birthday, Corey. Happy <laughs> birthday. 2018 was the year of every day is Corey's birthday. <laughs> I, I, to Dan. It's like should be all all the time, every time. <laughs> uh, an extra big thank you to Minneapolis band Prozac Rat and their Volcanus Project for letting us use their tunes. Thanks for listening and always remember. It's okay to it's kill okay plants. To kill the plants. It happens to the best of us, but it's how we learn. It's fun sometimes too. <laughs> but, just, but just don't pour tea and milk in the with milk in them. <laughs> no milky tea. Milky.